Welcome back to the Spook Sisters. As always, we're your hosts, Fran. D.A. Bringing you to another week with us. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for this wonderful journey. It's been a slow run. And what I've noticed, the reason why I call it a slow run is because we don't get really many hits on the days that we release. But when I check... We're international, baby. We got China, Germany, Brazil. Listen to us. Yeah, that's pretty dope. So what? Right? Did you miss us? Because <laughs> I missed you. I missed you. I'm happy to see you. I know. It's been so long. I feel like it's like we haven't seen each other in a minute. Yeah. No, we haven't. And we have a very fun-filled plan rest of the month, I'd say. I know. I'd say for sure. <laughs> um, do you have any news or anything new for us this week, DA? Um, let's see. Update on, if, spoiler alert, if you have not seen RuPaul's Drag, Kate, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, uh, <laughs> Veronica Scone did get, um, because of her knee, so she won't be returning because she hurt her knee when she... Did her lip sync oh, in the yeah when she did her lip sync Ouch. for the first episode I hope and she's okay. she yeah so she couldn't continue but it's really a good show you guys need to check it out drag performers are again amazing amazing I love them so much very very good well this week. We want to bring to you Iceman Part 2. I've been really, really thinking about the first time that you were talking to me about this story last week. So I can't wait for the, <laughs> the, for the other half. Yeah, thank you. Well, if you haven't listened to Part 1, I want you to hit that pause button. Go listen to Part 1 uh, because you'll have missed all of the juice that started this crazy story. Juice. We love the juice. And I'm not talking about OJ. I'm talking about the tea, the juice berries. The tea, <laughs> the juice berries. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's bring it back to last week for a little refresher, shall we? Okay. We learned that Richard Kuklinski, a.k.a. the Iceman, Iceman. <laughs> had lived a double life. Husband and a father on one side and a mafia hitman on the other. Richard had a completed a large number of killings within this time until he was caught. And that is where we dive into this episode. And when you say caught, I think of the, you know, the bars closing, you know, and then it starts with the theme music. <laughs> <laughs> I love your imagination. I try. It's wonderful. Alrighty, so after 25 years of being the most favored hitman, Kuklinski had decided to start his own separate gang, and that is where mistakes begin to appear. Well, you know why, first off, I just want to interject in that. These What's guys, that? these guys, okay, these mm -hmm. mob guys, this is, this, is, this is what they do for a living. This is what they grew up doing. This is probably their father's father. You know, it's been in the family business. Yeah. When you're trying to get your own ish going and you don't know what you're doing... Well, you have to think, okay, he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't test that he doesn't know what he's doing because he had 25 years under, not direct. I mean, he's had 25 yeah. years with the mafia already. So I would imagine in 25 years, you learn a couple of things. Okay. I, you know, I, I see your point. So he probably got tired of working under somebody being told what to do and X this, X that. And he was like, shit, fuck it. <laughs> let me just start my own. Okay. I mean, we start our own podcast. <laughs> That we did. That so we here did. we are. Here we are. 
I love the comparison between the two. That's so <laughs> no, great, it's Fran. <laughs> really love it. Hey, I'm just saying you can do anything you put your mind to. Just keeping it real. Just keeping it real, Fran. All right. So in 1985, Kuklinski came to the attention of Pat Kane, an officer with the New Jersey State Police. When an informant helped Kane connect him to a gang carrying out burglaries in North in Northern Jersey, he had uh, built a file on him. Eventually, the five unsolved homicides, Hoffman, Smith, Deppner, Masgay, and Maliband, were linked to Kuklinski because he was the last person to see each of them alive. And how did, how did they get the, was it, uh, did they have a tail on them or was it just like? Most definitely. A joint task force law enforcement officials titled Operation Iceman was created between the New Jersey Attorney's General Office and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, dedicated to arresting and convicting Kuklinski. And due to Kuklinski selling firearms, the ATF got involved. Mm -hmm. It was Phil Solomine, who was a longtime friend of Kuklinski and a local mafia man. Uh, It was the help from him that led police to trace him. So he was a rat. Yeah. Uh, well, I he was he an informant? <laughs> he was an informant then. Well, it was no, it was Kuklinski's friend, and he. I was just kind of was like he knew what. To my understanding, was was I think to my understanding, it just got like a lot. I think a lot of things started happening, and Phil just probably was... felt like personal about it. So uh, okay, you know what I mean. He just got involved. So, um, so during, the human side came out of them, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the ATF sting operation, Phil was introduced to special agent Dominic uh, Polifrone. Polifrone, if I said that correctly. They worked together, and Dominic went undercover for 18 months to apprehend Kuklinski. Oh Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Get, oh, wow. That must, you know, going undercover like that, deep undercover, it messes with your life. It messes with your I, family. It messes with your whole mental status, I would imagine. The only thing when I think of undercover, I think of Donnie Brasco. <laughs> I, I'm be, he, he, I mean, got in deep and yeah. just ruined his life. I mean, not ruined his life, but it was just that story. It would put a stress on the family. I mean, just horrible. So I can't even imagine going and going undercover with that dude. Oh yeah, with the mafia. Ooh, with Kuklinski. Oh, I know, I know. But portraying just in general with the mafia yeah, when yeah. that is when mm-hmm. that is not your way of life. No, because once you're in, that. you can really never get out unless you sleep with the fishes. It, yeah, absolutely. You are correct on that one. Um. Dominic had posed as a mafia-connected criminal named Dominic Provenzano. So he kept his Ah, name, but he spelled it a little different. And he worked his way to get close to Kuklinski. He would purchase a handgun muffler combination from him. And so this special agent really seemed to be doing rather well in his undercover role and is seen to be on the good side of the Iceman. So he's doing his job pretty well, I'd Mm. say. Most That's still definitely. scary. That still is so, st- oh my gosh, it's stressful every day. You don't know what you're going oh, into. Oh, you have no idea if you're going to walk out and go see your family. Exactly. You have no fucking clue. No clue. 
There are audio recordings in which I also have listened to myself and Kuklinski discussed a corpse he kept in a freezer for two and a half years. He told Polifron he, prefer- he preferred poison, saying, quote, why be messy? You do it nice and calm, end quote. Another Kuklinski was also recorded boasting he killed a man by putting cyanide on his hamburger and of uh, his plan to kill a couple of rats. What do you do with rats? You give them rat poison. That's right. Prolifone, who's undercover, then proceeds to tell Kuklinski he wanted to hire him to murder a wealthy Jewish cocaine dealer and recorded Kuklinski speaking in detail about how he would do it. Wow. Okay. Wearing a wire, you know? Wow. Just, it, it's, you never know who's, who's following you and everything else. You never be too trusting. It's yeah. my golden rule. It is. Kuklinski had asked Prolophone if he could supply him with pure cyanide. So he asked him if he could put, bring him the cyanide to kill the man he wants him to kill. I guess he just picked that up at the local hardware store. Hey, I mean, if you want somebody dead bad enough, I'm pretty sure you'd go to any degree to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, God, I shouldn't be laughing about that, but okay. All right. <laughs> On December 17th, 1986, Kuklinski had met Prolifone to get cyanide for the planned murder, which was, which was to be an attempt on an undercover police officer. So this is all in the undercover plan. Okay. After recorded by Prolifone, Kuklinski went for a walk. He tested Prolifone's cyanide on a stray dog using a hamburger as bait. That's like think exactly. This man isn't stupid, you know what I mean. You 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 killed a four legged baby. It, well, here's the thing. Four uh, baby. It, it wasn't poison though, because the oh. undercover cop. He. That's what I'm saying. Kuklinski is not a stupid man. He asked Prolifone, his Dominic, to supply the cyanide. So he can go ahead and get the job done that he wants to get done for this quote unquote Jewish man, yes. Coke dealer. Yes. And by Dominic bringing him the cyanide, he went for a walk, tested it on a dog, and realized it wasn't even actual poison. So I'm saying this man is not stupid because he knows where to I get cyanide. You. I misheard you, love. When has a cyanide and dog? I'm like, wait a minute. That. <laughs> Well, th- but he, but that's the thing. Kuklinski thinks it's it's, it's supposed yeah. to be cyanide. Yeah. So when he realizes it doesn't work, he's suspicious. He decided not to go through with the planned murder, and he went home instead. Mm-hmm. Wow, smart, smart, smart. That's what I'm saying. Unfortunately, he was arrested at a roadblock two hours later. His wife was charged with disorderly conduct while interfering with his arrest, and officers discovered a firearm in the vehicle, and she was charged with possession of a firearm because she was a passenger. So, got caught up in all this nonsense. That Just to be a passenger. This is what I'm saying. The laws are so fucked up, man. <laughs> 
So I guess he picked her up and they were doing going out doing errands or something. Well, I mean, or... he went home. Mm-hmm. He didn't commit the murder he was supposed to commit. You can only imagine what happens in two hours' time. I mean, again, this, mind you, this man completely kept his home personal life separate from any crim- yeah. his criminal life. Nobody even knew he had a wife and kids. That's how clean he kept it. He yeah. didn't even get involved with prostitutes. He didn't go out to bars. He didn't do any of that stuff. So he was living that double life that no clue, you know? So when he went home, he went home and he was father and, and, and husband. Okay. Nobody know. I mean, you go home to your wife, and who knows? You guys exactly what you said. You're probably running out errands, whatever, whatever. But being that eighteen months undercover, I would say you'd have enough evidence to scoop him up, regardless. Oh, of course. If you're, yeah, if he's doing what he's doing and talking about what he's talking about, exactly. Prosecutors charged Kuklinski with five murder counts and six weapon violations, as well as an attempted murder, robbery, and attempted robbery. He was held on a $2 million bail bond and made to surrender his passport. That's in my back pocket. (laughs) Pocket change. Pocket change. (laughs) At a press conference, a New Jersey State Attorney General uh, w. Carey Edwards characterized the motive for the murders as profit, and he said, quote, he set individuals up for business deals, they disappeared, and the money ended up in his hands. Sorry. And the money ended up in his hands, end quote. So he definitely knew what he was doing, I'd say. Yeah, he was making a profitable business. I mean, that's what he was living off of for 25 years. He's you know, he had a family people. and everything else, and from I'm guessing from what you're you know from what you're saying I mean he had a nice house you know and it, he was in family man yeah you know granted he wasn't the kindest as I stated in in part one yeah you know but aside that his whole family had zero clue zero clue I mean this man kept it clean yeah Percy House and Barbara Deppner gave evidence against him, as did the special agent Prolophone in Kuklinski's trial. As for Kuklinski, he was represented by a public defender. His lawyer argued that Kuklinski had no history of violence and only projected a tough image, including his statements to agent Prolophone. This defense theorized theorized Deppner was responsible for the murder of Smith, and there was no cause of death determined for Deppner. Additionally, he argued the testimony of House and Barbara Deppner was unreliable because they lied to law enforcement officials and House received immunity from prosecution. I'm still going off of what his lawyer was trying to say. He only looked intimidating. He really, he wasn't a violent person. Because he kept it clean. Well, I know, he but I it mean, clean. it's just he to think about, smart. just to think about that you're, yep, he only looks mean. He really isn't mean. My eyes are getting big as saucers right now. I mean, my dad looks mean, but he's not a mean man, but he looks mean as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess when somebody had like myself that has RBF, oh, is she a bitch? Well, is she a bitch? <laughs> It would be in March of 1988 that the jurors would find Richard Kuklinski 
guilty. Guilty. <laughs> guilty. So he was guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Thank you for the emphasis. Guilty, 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 guilty. <laughs> he was uh, found guilty of murdering Smith and Deppner. But being that he... At the, being that the deaths were not of Kuklinski's order, he wouldn't receive the death penalty. Wait, he only got charged for two murders? Yes, and I'm going to get into that. He was given a minimum of 60 years in prison. Only 60? Oh. Mm-hmm. But don't think it just ends there. <laughs> oh, I want to hear more. After the trial... Kuklinski would then confess and plead guilty to the murders of Masgay and Malaband and received two additional life sentences to be served consecutively. Oh, so he's like, by the way. You guys missed some things. <laughs> I just want to let you know. BT-dubs, your detectives didn't get everything. So let me just fill you in on a couple of <laughs> details here. And so by... Receiving the two additional life sentences, uh, he would then spend the rest of his days in Trenton State Prison. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was explained that even if he had successful appeals to his previous convictions, it still wouldn't be enough to get him out. He'd be uneligible for parole until he was 111 years old. Nah, he's still a young chicken. <laughs> young chicken. He so he'd he's pretty much shit out of luck at this point. He would then even later confess to killing Hoffman, but they didn't even pursue that charge because it wouldn't have affected his time in prison. So Hoffman's murder is still unsolved, and I mean, I guess it's solved. It's, but it's- solved. It's he just wasn't charged with anything. They took it, closed the case, but they didn't charge him with it because it doesn't affect. He's there till he's dead. I mean that. This is the inevitable in this case for him. Yeah. Thankfully. Just think of the families, that's all. I know. But they got got his plea of guilty. So that's majority of any any cases I watched. All the family wants is that truth. Yeah. You know, and so if if he gave that, that's enough. They know he's there. So thankfully, the charges against his wife – from when he was arrested with that firearm, yeah. uh, that was dropped, as well was an unrelated marijuana charge on his son that was also dropped due to a plea bargain. So look, they got lucky on that one because, again, granted, it won't be on their record, et cetera, et cetera. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we know, <laughs> as we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I only chose to cover the primary five murders that ultimately brought the Iceman down. But don't think that it just, it was just these five. I watched many interviews with this man and he had discussed a large number of killings. He has completed at least over a hundred. A hundred? A hundred. He says over a hundred, some range at 200. There's a lot and there's many, many more. And (laughs) It sounds like the story that we had for Elizabeth Bathory, where it was 12 to 600. You know, it could be five Just to two. Take a guess. Take a wild guess. 253. How many marbles are in this jar? Go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Whoever chooses the closest gets a prize. Gets a prize. We would have multiple parts to this story 
if I had just gone on and on about all these other killings that I had read about and, <laughs> and watched him tell. Um, and if you haven't heard of this man, just punch it into YouTube and you'd be amazed, my friends. Well, be- after your last, after your last, um, report about him i did go on youtube and i did you know look at some of those videos and he's chilling to watch i mean he is like okay i listen i told you i won't name who i'm thinking but again totally just reminds me of somebody super close it's it's one of my family members but super super just same energy of just how chill and laid back you wouldn't even know if you were happy sad mad glad angry it's just the same always has always will be like not a tone like this like mm-hmm. hi very one level how are you i'm fine but when you get to know them you know when they're yeah. you know yeah blows me away <laughs> it really does <laughs> that's awesome richard has now spent nearly 18 years in prison which winds us up to 2005 Ooh, good year richard was diagnosed with Kawasaki disease, which is an inflammation of the blood vessels. Kawasaki? Yeah, Kawasaki. He had asked doctors to make sure that they'd revive him if he had developed any risk of a heart attack. But his then former wife, Barbara, had signed a do not resuscitate order. (laughs) Don't resuscitate his ass. Not a chance. He's like when it's when it's his time, let, let it him happen. Go. Yeah, you let know, him go. don't even bother. She was contacted and asked if she would like to retract the instruction of the DNR. However, she declined. No. Wonder why? I wonder why. Do not resuscitate. A week later, on March fifth, two thousand and six, Kuklinski would die at the age of seventy. Wow. Mm-hmm. He died of cardiac arrest, and it was confirmed by the medical examiner that he had been suffering with heart disease and phlebitis, which I didn't look it up. <laughs> well, anytime like I hear of any mob guys or um, anybody that's in that business that has any heart issues or anxiety issues or even diabetes, that's all caused from stress. And that is a high stress job. I mean, think about it. You've got, you're doing every, you wake up and you're doing illegal shit. Oh, I mean, you're just out here killing bodies, cutting off fingertips. You're cutting off. I mean, you're robbing people, you know, sticking them up at gunpoint. I mean, not just for, not just for the Iceman, but for that whole profession. Yeah. You know, a lot of those guys are sick because of that is a high stress. Oh yeah. High stress job. Well, I found out what phlebitis is. It's a inflammation of a vein. It's a condition where a leg vein and surrounding tissues have become irritated, red, warm, and tender. Oh, so, so he had vein issues too. He did. He did. Very, very sounds much so. sound lovely. <laughs> <laughs> lovely so, boy, yo. The Iceman died. Bye, Iceman. And that is it, my friends, for my story on part two of the Iceman. Yeah. Yay! I, I really it was- loved it. I did. It was good. I, I I wanted to. Yeah, that's um. 
I want to know more about him, but I will, you know, I'm going to look for those more of those videos and stuff because what I did see was kind of like people are out there in the world like this, which makes it even creepier. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a plenty of people out here like this, you know. Uh, I, I watched an, an interview of him. It was very interesting. He got asked if he considered himself an assassin and he said, hmm, assassin. Sounds exotic, doesn't it? No, I'm just a murderer. Oh. Just blank, just cold, just zero emotion. I mean, I could genuinely watch this man all day in these interviews, and I could go on and on and on and on. However, I want each and every person listening to be able to take something from this, go and look up these interviews because they are so interesting. That's awesome. I'll definitely do so. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I thank you all so much for listening to me share. Yay. (laughs) I appreciate it. And I also look forward to coming back next Monday and bringing you another groovy. Groovy. I was thinking of gruesome and gory. Yeah, like I know, like like groovy. That's good. Groovy. Groovy. New word. Mm -hmm. And also join us this Wednesday for a wonderful episode of Dark History. And thank you so much for listening. We are the Spook Sisters. And again, my name is Fran. You're Fran? Nope, I'm not Fran. (laughs) And I am DA. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Please give us a like, share, follow or we'll see you in your nightmares. And thank you for listening to The The Spook Spook Sisters. Sisters.